0: six uh we are about to engage on a voyage four hours deep of foolish and what i mean by that is if you've been listening the last couple of days you may have heard that i have been suffering with a little bit of the illness that has been going around yeah. i slept for about 15 hours yesterday came in or the day before yesterday came in yesterday like all pistons firing where they should and all that ready to go I went home yesterday afternoon after the show, and I took a nap again. Right. But now I've had the reverse effect to where when I woke up at 3.30 in the afternoon yesterday, I found myself unable to sleep at all last night. Jeez. So I got up at 3.30 in the afternoon, yesterday afternoon, and have not been back to bed since. God. Now the good news is, Canton... I'm gonna. I, I have already found a scapegoat. Okay, That's a right. So, dude, I'm not gonna yell at you. I'm not gonna freak out. I'm. I, I've already found a scapegoat. He works here at the radio station. We've hated him for a while. <laughs> so this is nothing new. I'm just going to. I'm just going to exercise the the normal everyday we, hatred we have for this person with a little bit stronger of a muscle during the commercial break to Fantone. He shall be the only one of you that feels any brunt of the fact that I have not rested my head on a pillow
1: it took the smallest push this morning i was like you know what f this dude and stansberry's
2: like you know what f it's like, okay. i just I said watch out
0: of my way kid i'll tell you how f this dude i'm gonna be today yeah so there is that going on where i did not get a lot of the sleep now here's the good news okay I have been down all the conspiracy theory Perfect. like <laughs> rabbit holes you can get your goddamn hands on, dude. I've been on the whether we've been to the moon or not. Well, that's a good I've question. I've been on that one, the 9-11 conspiracy, right. a bunch of them. Okay. Well, two, really. I mean, it's <laughs> only one night, let's be honest. There's still a little laziness in me. Yeah. But no, I did go down the 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 moon landing. Uh, a, a, a conspiracy theory last night, a little bit. And also, I did watch a few of the Tom DeLong from Blink 182, oh, the UFOs, although he calls them aerial threats. Okay. Our real guy, like that thing. I watched a f- few of those. Uh, not the best advocate for the UFOs is Tom DeLonge.
1: Well, I mean, if I'm going to get scientific information from anywhere, it's going to be from one of the dudes in Blink 182. Sure. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Where I'm going for my
0: scientific knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. But so, so the moon landing. Okay. Okay, now I want to make this abundantly clear. I believe that we have been to the moon, right. all right? And, and so, But I used to be one of these people that was like, well, why haven't we been back, right? Well, that was explained pretty easily to me by watching some YouTube videos last night over the fact that it's, in, it's like a lot of money, and they felt like, well, we did it, right? But then you watch some of these videos about how some of this stuff could have been faked, okay? Like there's a video of a couple of astronauts falling over in space, and they kind of like lift straight up, and it's like, well, the body won't do that, right? Right? And so I started watching a couple other podcasts, a couple other videos on this, and I feel like Joe Rogan kind of brought me to the place that I feel like maybe where I can live on this issue, which is, I believe we went to the moon, but maybe some of the footage had been doctored and or faked to keep our interest, to keep other nations fearful of, like, look how great America was at this, versus because of the inability to maybe take... Such captivating videos and and or photos of this thing that we were going to be so proud of.
1: Um, Yes, and I I think I have a hard time with why people like have a hard time with. The concept of getting to the moon, it's like, it's not that far away. We're not talking about deep space travel. We're not talking about going to Mars. I mean, it's the moon. And yes, a significant amount of uh, miles away, but we have rockets. Like, the science is there. That's always been my thing. And as far as like, well, why haven't we gone back? I think it's a little bit, what do I want to say, bunk that like, well, we've already gone. I feel like that's, it's like you went 50 plus years ago. You don't want more information. You don't want to send something else up there. I, well, you
0: know, everybody argues the technology, right? right? And like, well, it's so much better now. Like, there's yeah. more technology in your iPhone than there was, a uh, you know, on that shuttle. And they always say, I guess now that the technology to put back into uh, crafts, like, I don't know, because you're right. We send unmanned ships, so it's like, why don't we do that? Wh- you would think once and for all they would just go back just to shut everybody up,
1: right? And, and why not push it in the in, in the like, okay, well, if the you know, if the if the final hope of mankind is to get off planet Earth and to go resettle somewhere else. Like, start that groundwork now. What happens when a human lives up on the moon for a year or whatever? You know what I'm saying? What happens to a rat or, you know, a a monkey when you leave it on the moon for a year? I'm sure it dies. But, like, you know what I'm saying? There's there's knowledge to be gained there. Just to be like, well, we got the moon rocks, and that's all we need. It's done. We're over up there. I feel like that's a little bunk.
0: When he started walking me through the, well, maybe it's half and half, I was like, well, yeah, that's totally possible. Like, maybe, yes, we did go, but we realized that the footage we were going to have wasn't going to necessarily blow people away. And so let's well, well doctor a little bit Of this up to keep him in it
1: Which is a little bit crazy That
0: the concept of like That leaving, fake news Has been there that well, long
1: No leaving planet Earth Isn't enough to get People interested Like it's like Nah dude I don't know I don't what, know if I want To watch this
0: uh, Yeah it's I It's mean, leaving planet Earth Especially dude. then, <laughs> then right? I mean it was right. like n- 1969 right Is when right, that was Correct And so like geez, yeah, like, yeah man Like When I think about that like, That was the year My brother was born Dude you gotta go to bed <laughs> like, I know
1: <laughs> You gotta go to bed No I know There
0: was a moment when I was driving on 77 on the way in where I was like, dude, are are you now like an athlete who's like trying to play in the Super Bowl with a broken leg and you're doing worse for your team? And I was like, no, it's Rock 106.9. How can I be doing that much worse for it? I'm kidding. Every hour on the program, you will have a shot at $1,000. We're going to get the hell out of our own way and give you your first (laughs) keyword right now.
3: Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200200. You'll get a text-confirming entry, plus iHeartRadio in 069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury
0: Show. Rock 069. Online for you, WRQK.com. Another opportunity at $1,000 happens at 710. Also at 730, we're going to let you take a listen to a piece of audio from a fellow broadcaster losing his mind yet again. That's coming from me, by the way. Yeah, jeez. That's coming from me, by the way. But we'll t- let you take a listen to that. I feel like there's probably going to be some consequences coming down the line on that that he did not foresee while being in the midst of that. Having been on the uh, on on the wrong end of those conversations in boss's office, I feel like that might happen. I don't know. I don't know, you know, much about the operation over there. I can tell you that would have been seen as unfavorable in my boss's eyes had I done that.
1: Yeah, that would be at least a stern talking to. Yeah. So
0: 7:30 will let you take a listen to that. All right. I read something last night and I've been trying to <laughs> excuse it away. Okay. Okay. All right. And I can't come up with a reason that's good enough. And I wanted to call my sister-in-law because she's a teacher and a parent and has a daughter who goes to the school where she is not only a teacher, but an administrator, right? Okay. And so I wanted to call her and I decided, "Ah, I was like, ah, let's not wake people up over your not being able to figure something easy out, right? But I believe this is out of Brooklyn, Ohio, where there's a mom saying... She's kind of talking out now, speaking out, about the fact that one of her daughter's teachers was, like, texting her. And before we even get into, like, what was being said in the text, I was just like, should my kid's teachers have my kid's cell phone numbers?
1: doesn't feel appropriate to me.
0: Now, th- okay, and I will admit that was my first instinct, but I want to make sure we're right on this. Okay. Okay? So let me throw a, a, a rare scenario that was not involved in this story. Okay. But, like, let's make it, like, a band trip to D.C. I don't know, something where it's, like, a smaller group sure. of students versus, like, the entire student body, and you're kind of, like, the chaperone for said trip. If one of you goes missing or, like, we can't track you down, but let's b- make sure we can call. Now, I guess the easy answer is another student is going to have that number. Should
1: be. I mean, it, you should, yeah, you in, in that's that situation. The, that's
0: the easy answer.
1: And, I mean, we took the eighth grade class
0: trip to D.C. before there were cell phones. Why do I, fair, why do I feel like if something was to happen to a kid in that scenario and the teacher says, well, I didn't have their number. That the country's having a different conversation about the... What do you mean?
1: Well, in that situation, I mean, like, what you would probably have there is, like, a master list of all numbers. That wouldn't be in your own personal cell phone right there. It's not like you would have, like, you know, (laughs) Heather's, you know, phone number. You would have a, a, a master list of, like, all right, here's the 58 students that are on this trip. Here's the 58 phone numbers that they have with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, there's no reason for you to personally have it.
0: Okay, alright, I mean that's a, that seems like a reasonable workaround And
1: if you find yourself in an emergency situation There you have it, you use it But then you can say like Yo administrator, principal, vice principal, superintendent Whoever's in charge here Yes, I did have to call Heather Smith in an emergency situation That's why her phone number is in my phone It is now deleted, blah 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 You've covered your bases And proved that you're not banging students I'm okay or, or, or there should be a, as an as a student or a, a, somebody who's taking students out into the world, like to, you know, field trips or whatever. If you're doing that, how does the school not have, like, a burner phone where it's like, this is the basketball team's phone? You know what I'm saying? And, like, here's the, have the number. Students have the number. You have those students' numbers in that situation, but an administrator can always look in and see what you're sending, see what you're texting, see what's happening there, as opposed to putting it in your own personal self Is that easy?
0: Like I don't know. Like if I have kids like if I had a kid and they had a phone, what am I is it easy for me to see the text messages that are? I, do you have that? Those kind of admin rights on on a phone?
1: I mean, I think it'd be easy enough to do. I mean, the technology certainly I would, exists. Yeah, I would
0: imagine it. It can. Be, I, I just I like, wasn't sure.
1: Like radio stations have text in numbers, and our boss can always go look at that. You could set up a program very comparable to that. It would to be the, the be the exact same thing. That's there. fair. Or or you could have um uh, uh student email addresses, and you've all got smartphones. You know what I'm saying? So. For from your student, or from your work email address, you are now emailing that student. They're going to get it on their smartphone. There's a million work away, workarounds here.
0: You're, nothing you said to me rings weird. But what I will say is I feel like if this happened. Now this scenario we're going to tell you about a Brooklyn's way different. But if I if, I feel like if there was a band trip, something, whatever, it's 13 kids versus the entire school, and that kid goes over... Ni- I don't know why I have Niagara Falls in my mind, but the kid just <laughs> goes over the falls in the, in the barrel and dies or whatever. Somebody's going to be looking at the teacher like, well, what do you mean you didn't know how to get a hold of them? Um, yes. I mean, because the system that you have, we don't currently have, I don't believe. It, you know what I mean? Like, your workaround, I don't think we have that right now. Well, I mean...
1: The, the the school can send can send text messages to parents when school gets called off. So how is that not a capability in other situations?
0: Now there's your best. Point. I mean, but
1: like th- there's your best. If, point. if you can do that, I, I don't see how it's like unfathomable. I mean, the technology
0: exists. I was just trying to find a way of maybe <coughs> because these messages that we're going to tell you about are way over the line of what a teacher should say to a student. Okay, but I was like, how did we get here? Like, was there a reason why this phone number was in the phone and then something started to blossom out of that that was inappropriate?
1: As an adult, I can't think of too many situations where I feel like it's truly appropriate to have a child that isn't yours, their phone number. What are you wh- why? What are you doing here?
0: Yeah, I, I guarantee you if this was my daughter, I'd be thinking that th- this was not right. Right. I mean, like, now,
1: if it's your niece, you know what I'm saying? Well, then, fine. That's different. But I'm saying, like, as, as an adult in an authority position in a school, as a not coach, family. as something like that, I'm sorry. I just don't necessarily find that to be appropriate.
0: I guess one of the text messages was her asking if she could go to the, to the teacher's room to finish homework or something. And he said, absolutely. I would never not want you. Ugh. Another message from him said, I'm excited to see you tomorrow. And this is the one where it gets really weird. You don't understand the impact you have on me on a daily basis. Another one after that is, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. I miss you. Now, she's in ninth grade. He's a male teacher. And I think that's important because the story I'm about to tell you is a little bit different. Because I I went to a private school before going into the Twinsburg school program. And we had a specialty teacher that was there to kind of like teach music and or drama class. And I kind of like you kind of had to do all those things, right? Like it wasn't like you chose. You kind of had to do them, right? And he was a very and I was always suspicious of him. I should point this out. I liked him a lot and I felt like he was a good teacher. But there was always something I was like, you seem weird. But he would say to us on Monday, Oh, it's so good to see all of you. I missed you guys over the weekend. And I guess in 1984, or whatever the hell it was, nobody thought different <sighs> about Nobody thought that was weird.
1: But does that necessarily, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, but is that necessarily any of those things like guilt it doesn't make you guilty of anything I mean like all those things you could say very innocently I feel like to a student like and let's be real we live in two different climates right now number one student our teachers are banging a lot of students so I understand covering your ground but number two we're also very focused on like building self-esteem in kids and like especially young girls so he could definitely at least make the argument of like hey I'm trying to you know hey you're an important person what you say matters what you think matters And, and I mean it could be I missed you in the sense of like hey I value you as a person like I I think that's if he said it to her you know in face to face it's not necessarily when you do it over text message then it looks like a d-pick is coming next that does
0: but are are, is this maybe one of these things where I'm always talking about sometimes where I worry about with me where is are people reading something and the tone right was intended to be another way and are we maybe making somebody guilty because of all the other stories we've seen
1: at this at the very least at this point you as that teacher are guilty of poor judgment because you need to understand the climate that you live and you need to understand how this is going to come off as inappropriate leaving
0: room for questioning right. is is is
1: probably not the best look. at the very least i can i can say that about you um do I know this dude's guilty about, uh, about, you know, banging students or J&O to students or Ugh, doing whatever he's doing? Chris. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't say definitively, but you definitely made a wrong
0: call there. The district says he will not be coming back to the school. It also was discovered that she ended up texting her mother after seventh period and said he gave me a $50 gift card. The mom asked for what, but they don't go in 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 this Fox 8 story. They don't go into telling me what the answer to that was.
1: Now, once again, I mean, can a teacher give a student a present?
0: Extra credit. There's I mean, but dude, it doesn't it's not presented that way. If she's presenting it, he gave it to me. And and I mean, not that I want it through this thing right. that my teacher does right. in my class.
1: Right, yeah, I mean, this wasn't like, hey, whoever gets you know, the, best, the best score on a right. test gets a prize. Because like. I'm
0: okay with teacher incentive in classrooms like that, like if, I don't know where they get the gift card, if they're willing to come out of pocket, whatever, I'd be okay with that, but that scene, it's not the way she presented it, though. Oh, I, I don't know, I'm excited to see you tomorrow, I miss you. I think there's, at some point, it's not even teacher-student, at some point you gotta realize male-adult, young-female That no matter what your intention is, that this is the way it's going to land. And that people are going to think you're a creep. You got
1: to remember too, you as an educator know that you're dealing with a ninth grader, somebody whose emotions are not exactly stable, somebody who doesn't necessarily have the best life experience, isn't exactly going to be able to read the nuance. If you're trying to just be a good person, like you got it, you got to be clear. with yeah, that. Yeah, like, there should
0: be no gray area. Right, you know who you're dealing with. I mean, we just found out the other day they're claiming now that adolescence lasts until you're 24. So if that's the truth, then obviously, yes, if you're just trying to be a supportive teacher, then you need to leave no room for misinterpretation of what you were doing.
1: Where were all these teachers when I was in high school? Where where were all these teachers when I was in high school? Nobody's saying that about this one.
0: No, you will Uh, not hear a lot of that. You will not. For those of you that may have missed the opening of the show, I have not had much sleep last night. Yeah. So one of the things I did to keep my mind occupied all last night was something I should not have done, which is I went down the rabbit hole of comment sections on stories Yeesh. that the news posts. Yeesh. Bro, bro. Let me tell you the depressing state of, as a matter of fact, I will tell you the depressing state of comment sections that you'll read on news stories next on Rock 106.9. The
3: Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106,
0: Knock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have Queensryche tickets for you. They're playing May 4th, I believe it is, at the Hard Rock Rock scene Northfield Park. We'll get you hooked up with those at 7.45 this morning. Also, 7.10, your next shot at $1,000. Yeah, I uh, I could use a grand right now. Yeah, dude. I think everyone could. You know, I feel like a trip. Maybe I, you know, I, I know I was saying for a while, yeah, maybe turn it into some new irons, but the golf game's never coming around. No, it's not. Like, I'm never going to be good. No. You know what I mean? No. So, I feel like I could be good at sitting on the beach drinking. Hey, yeah, you probably. You could. know what I mean? Like, I've done that before Man, and I was successful at it. I feel like, I, you know, another shot at that might be the better way to spend that, that $1,000. Again, I will say this if you win the money, mm-hmm. there's no rule that says you can't take me somewhere. Mm, I
1: don't know. Now, there's
0: probably a rule against <laughs> me urging you to do that. But I, like the rest of you, when I take my company's online training, I pretend I'm watching the video and then just click the arrow that says next. Next, next, I feel next. like I can pass that quiz, yeah, whether whatever. I watch this or not.
1: They let you do it 10 times if you want to. They don't care. It's they know a, you're not watching. You know
0: what that video, it's like adult safety town. It's like, I know what the stop <laughs> sign says, but I'm still going to bump the car in front of me because I'm a five-year-old in a, in a metal car. And this is fun. What was I saying? I don't You're even winning a thousand dollars. Everyone gets money. So I've been reading this story out of Stowe, Okay. where this African American couple is living in this, uh, you know, apartment complex. Okay, <laughs> and they say it's high end, but I don't know it. Hidden Lakes is what it's called.
1: Okay. I didn't know there was parts okay. of Stowe that were high end, but I, I haven't oh, been there in a while, so.
0: I felt like when I was growing up in Twinsburg that they always looked down my uh, their nose at us. Oh,
1: really? I always felt the opposite of like Stowe Billies, where it's like, dude, you barefoot hicks out oh, there. Oh, see,
0: I felt like Hudson, definitely the higher. Yes. Stowe, Twinsburg. Uh,
1: I disagree with the order of two and three there, but I mean.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, I always felt less than.
1: No, yeah, I, I, I. Maybe I, it was different eras. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Couple I mean, we years are eight, eight years sir. apart. A couple years there.
0: But I know, I, well, yeah. I mean, I know they used to call it snow high, but like everybody's got like the, you know, that stupid name for their school. That's that's an exaggeration. Right. But apparently this couple has been coming home to like awful things written around, you know, their door Um, racist, uh, you know, terminology. I think we all know what that was. Jeez. Um, People have been calling the cops claiming that there's domestic violence going on. The problem with one of these stories is, is that they were in Hawaii when the neighbor called and said that the guy was beating her up.
1: Okay, so they're calling and saying that these African Americans are causing a disturbance there, in the okay, okay. Yeah,
0: so cops come and look at this. So the cops go and check it out and they happen to be on vacation. Nobody was in the unit.
1: Okay. So obviously somebody along the line here has an issue with these. They're people. complaining
0: about dogs barking, they're complaining about things, and they're look at yes, it's I mean basically you read all this and it's like we're trying to get this couple to move out. Okay. So they came home, I believe this is last Saturday with the N-word written on their apartment door, I believe Jeez. it was it is what it was. OK, so all of that's awful enough. And then I like I said, I didn't get much sleep last night, so I found myself just on the Internet. And so I went down the rabbit hole of comment sections. Right. And this is a story that I had seen yesterday and I didn't do it in the rundown. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like that's definitely messed up and I wish that didn't happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stay away from it. And then I read some of the comments this like early this morning. Like 2.30 in the morning, there I was with my phone in my hand. Right. And some of them were like, well, how do we know they didn't do it? And I got to tell you guys, I'm pretty pessimistic. And I'm the guy who tells you ultimately I think most human beings are probably worse than they are good. Okay. And yet when I read this story, them doing this to themselves to get the attention never crossed my mind. Never once crossed my mind.
1: Now, it's not to say that it hasn't happened before. I mean, like, it it certainly has. I think there was something at one of the military academies recently where somebody said that, you know, hey, this happened, and it turned out that that person themselves did it.
0: What would you get? From, from from saying that this was happening by your neighbors?
1: Um, what do you get out of it? I, I, I don't know if I can necessarily like put something on that. I would say, if anything, people are going to say that you're trying to further this racist narrative. You're trying to, hey, bl- you're essentially playing the race card on a much broader scale in a much more accusatory fashion.
0: You read some of these other comments, and again, people are attacking her makeup. And things like that. And then I read one of these. Of course, it's these people that have this happen. And I was like, well, what the hell does that mean?
1: I mean, it wouldn't happen to a white person. Right. right. Like, I was like, (laughs) Like, well, what the hell does that mean? mean, Like, yeah. I mean, but
0: to be like, I I, I just, I guess my thing was this hit me before even reading the comments. Like the number one thing I say to Fantone every day is, dude, I want to go home. Right. I want to go home. Done with this. Yeah. Now imagine being afraid to go home.
1: Yeah, that's supposed to be like your home. That's supposed to be like, all right. A clo- man's
0: house is his castle.
1: I close this door and all of a sudden, like, My everything's world's problems okay. go away. Now, all of a sudden, when you have racial slurs on that door, right, it all of a sudden feels a little less secure there. And
0: so all of a sudden, I just felt, I felt, I felt terrible for these people. And then to read people accusing them of bringing it on themselves. And then not
1: even like, this wasn't even like a random person that yelled this at you or something. This is like your, your home. This is like your neighbors. So like every time you get out of the car and there's, you know, John, the neighbor from next door, you're thinking to, to yourself. Like, is was it him?
0: How can you hear in the story or read in the story that one of the neighbors called 911 to claim that there was domestic violence, wife beating going on in this apartment? And find out that they were on vacation, weren't even in the unit when the call was being made, and then still think that they brought it on themselves.
1: Yeah, all evidence points to the contrary. I understand a healthy dose of skepticism with anything. I I truly do. I think that was another
0: one of my points, because I'm usually that guy, and that never crossed my mind.
1: Just to go to it automatically, like, all right, well, that's my default response to this. That shows that there's some sort of a problem. It's
0: a little strange. And I just thought to myself, as a guy who has anger problems occasionally, not all the time, but you know, all the time, but sometimes, you know, I've been prone to it from time to time. I feel like maybe some of you have maybe heard a few of them. Like, I just thought about that, like, dude, imagine carrying that around with you all day. Like, just being – like, I just – as a guy who's been trying to let go of a lot of those issues, not that mine were racially motivated like this is. Like, that's just creepy and weird. I just get annoyed by stuff. You know, I I mean, it's not necessarily the same thing at all. It's just why in the hell – I just, as a pessimistic person, the last people I was going to try to place blame on was this poor couple who's coming home and having to deal with that. It just seems very strange to me. Your shot at $1,000 is next on Rock 106.9.
3: The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party.
0: Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Coming up at 7.30, we'll play you a piece of audio of a fellow broadcaster losing his mind and probably getting himself sat down and talked to by management. We'll let you take a listen to that. Before that, however, you're shot at $1,000 coming up at 710 yeah. Now, I, uh, I would imagine that after dudes have been on a date and they're nearing the end of it, that if you feel like you've made a connection, that a lot of what is on our minds is like, dude, I wonder how he turned this into sex for me, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when you start going out with people... It's obviously because you're looking to, at some point, make a connection, take each other's clothes off, and connect on a different level. Right. Right. You can Netflix, you, you know, you can do all that kind of stuff with your buddies. At the end of the day, you're looking for somebody to have sex with, right? Yeah,
1: and you're usually, I think, for the most part, looking to make it happen as soon as humanly possible. So I think a lot of guys, you know, hey, we've made a good connection. All right, well, like, is this going to happen tonight? Is this going to happen a week from now? Is this going to happen three dates from now? You know, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty commonplace. So Men's Health decided to tackle the issue for us. Good, we need
0: somebody to. And they went and talked to a couple of, like you know, relationship therapy and the like and they say that the best approach is just straightforward and direct and their example here is to pull her close to you whisper in her ear I really want to be alone with you would you like to come back to my place okay I okay. Now, here, because I see this advice in these kind of columns a lot. Okay. All right? And I feel like at some point we need to address an elephant in the room that I think goes underreported in telling people to be direct and confident. Well, what better place than the Stansberry Show? Let's get it out there. I think telling non, traditionally non-confident people to all of a sudden shed who they are And try the confident routine is where a lot of this stuff is bringing us into me-too situations. I think sometimes you got to realize who you are. And I've always said, like, back in the day when being on the radio, people would say to me, you know, you say some stuff that's on the line. And I would always say that I've always heard the theory that if you were going to say something off-color that you, when in your delivery you cannot feel there can be no picking up from the audience that you feel uncomfortable about what you're saying. Because then it rings the alarm in their head I need to be concerned about what this dude's saying.
1: Yeah, I mean like the, having in a bit of, a, of an apology or hesitation in your voice, it's it basically admitting guilt,
0: you know what I a mean? A little like, bit okay. like I should not be saying this okay. which I think ultimately makes whatever the joke is, it's going to be less funny Okay, okay. Right. And I, and so I feel very much the same way while trying to seduce a woman, that if you are not a naturally confident man, that if you try to adopt this style, that it is going to fly in your face. I'll give you a perfect example with me. I had traditionally in my life been, uh, every once in a while, like, you know how guys are kind of like a jerk to you when they're picking you up? One joke about her, two jokes about me, one joke about her, two jokes ab- about me, and I would have buddies who weren't that guy who would go, well, it works for you, and would try it, and it doesn't bode well for them at all. Yeah,
1: I mean, everyone here has a responsibility to kind of like recognize who they are, what their skills are, but it's like, you know, I don't think I don't think they're they're presenting this as like, "Yo, do exactly this." It's like, you know, make this your own. You know, here's here's the outline of it. Here's the bullet points of it. Um, you know where you stand on the ladder, and like, that's
0: that's that's more on the reader than the writer, right? Yes, I just think that there's a there's a little danger in telling people because confidence. I'm willing to bet is most people's underlying problem in life over with a lot of things, not just your sex life, but probably advancement at work relationships with your friends and or family being less confident than you probably, I think people, I think a lot of people suffer a lack of confidence. Sure. I 100% agree
1: right? with you on that.
0: Okay. And so I feel like telling somebody to just adopt this thing that is so that yes, you should try to figure out how to be better at, but if you're not working that into your life and multiple levels, all of a sudden after two for 25 at the, O. G to like grab a girl by the wrist and Don want it, I think is going to land you in a situation where you end up saying or doing something that is perceived to be different than the way you intended.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot harder to go a hundred or zero to a hundred in a clunker than it is in like a sports car, Fair. but like you, but, but somewhere along that ladder, I mean, that's where it is, is like you've got to find where you are and take that step forward with that confidence. Don't hesitate to, you know, uh, yes, if you're, if, if you're a stereotypically creepy person, You're going to have to like adjust to that.
0: There's, there's also such a thing as being too confident. Of course. Right. And I think a lot of guys and myself included have misread cues on dates where you assume somebody was into you and they were not. And so if you are too confident and I have made this mistake, if you were too confident on a date and you end up going into the, you want to come back to my place. She's also now looking at you like, dude, are you an idiot? Like nowhere along the, the me reading the wine list twice after we've already ordered the bottle did you not realize I may not be into you? I just think telling people to get out of their comfort zone, I get that it's cool with real quick Gary V clips and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it leaves you open for a lot of swings and misses.
1: Yeah, and but I mean that's how that's how you get better, right? Like that's how you that's how you learn it. You're going to swing and miss there. Take a few chops. Right, and I mean the difference is here right. is it's you're not swing and missing with a D pick, which is inappropriate for you to say to a woman after a date, like, okay, hey, you know, and and not even, not even like, hey, I want to take you back home and bang you the f out, like, this is like, hey, I want to spend some time with you alone. Do you want to come back? Like, that's different than you know, pulling it out and being like, yo, get to work, B.
0: Now, maybe, <laughs> yes, I, yes, I, I would definitely, I, I would definitely <laughs> sign off on things. those being <laughs> wildly different things. I just think. Maybe it's the culture right now. Right. Maybe it's because I'm reading too many blogs right now. But I just feel like it, there's a lot of times where this has happened in movies not just right now, for the last 25 years, where if you do these romantic things that they show you in rom-coms, you are going to end up on a list. These things that people are like, oh my God, it's so nice. In a movie, yes.
1: Well, But if, but here's the thing. is like If you do a lot of things that they do in action movies, you're going to end up on a list. If you do a lot of things they do in porno, you're going to end up on a list. Like
0: These things <laughs> yes. are fantasy. Okay. Like people need to recognize. Yes, but dude rom coms are tech technically I feel like anything that happens in there, I should be able dude, dude, dude well all of it, dude a justin Timberlake rom com isn't the fast and the furious. Like I know I'm not supposed to drive cars out of one building into another one, which honestly sounds more fun than anything that's ever happened in a Timberlake movie. All right. I just feel like telling people to get out of their comfort zone is one of those things that sounds good in theory, but ultimately is going to lead with a lot of mistakes. So if you need to pay for some lawyer fees after doing <laughs> that, we're going to give you $1,000 right now.
3: The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock, rock, 106.9.
0: Welcome back to the stands Ray show, Rock1069, online for WRQK.com and hooking you up with Queensbury tickets at around 745 this morning, as their show will be at the Hard Rock Rock Senior Northfield Park, May 4th. So there's been something brewing apparently between a uh, a Cleveland Browns great, what most people consider to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Fenton has taken issue with that term once or twice before, but Joe Thomas, most people consider to be pretty great, and you don't deny his greatness. Oh, I'm
1: not denying the greatness, and I'm not <clears throat> denying the 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 Hall of Fame career that he's had. I have just said in the past that I I, I had to observe that Joe Thomas will walk into Canton, Ohio, as the biggest loser. In the Hall of Fame, right? I'm not saying like he's a loser, like oh this guy sucks. I'm just saying like nobody has a worse winning record in that Pro Football Hall of Fame than Joe Thomas. It's I don't impossible. know of
0: anyone. I can't imagine there's anyone.
1: I don't. I don't know
0: how there could be someone. Yeah, I think Joe would be an anomaly in that fashion. Yes. I. I you know what in, I mean?
1: Undeservingly so. Now listen, you know team success factors into it, I think. I mean, if you're going to say, well, look at all those Super Bowls you won, that's a team thing. You also have to say, look at all those losses you you know. uh, Well, that's a team thing. Right, because that's a team thing there. But like Joe Thomas has done enough in his individual career to deserve to go into Canton, Ohio first ballot. No doubt. In my mind, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I I think he will pretty much coast. I think the consecutive snap count, I know it was over 10,000. I don't have the exact number at the top of my head, but I think he'll probably sail just on that alone. Now, apparently there was a scheduling snafu, or somebody misunderstood who was supposed to be where, or what, or what the details of said appearance was supposed to be, but a fellow broadcast member, Tony Rizzo, who you've heard, if you've listened to the show, you've heard me take issue with before. Now, I don't know Tony personally, that I know of. We may have been introduced, but we, I do not know him, okay? And he lately has kind of turned into the get off my lawn, dude. Like he's kind of on that path now. Um, yeah and he's
1: certainly and I, I don't know I mean I don't, I don't feel like this has been his career stereotypically because I've listened to the guy I mean I'm a fan of radio and you know ever since I was a kid but like I feel like he's very much recently gotten into hot takeville where it's like alright I'm just going to say something because I know this is going to get people riled up and it's like dude when you do that number one it's not authentic number two it becomes a terrible crutch for you it does
0: some people would make the claim that that's the organization from which he, from where he works okay now I don't know if that's true or not. I've never worked there. I don't know. I don't know what those... I will tell you, I'm happy that there's not that much meddling going on in this room in that fashion. Fair. That that if that's happening, I'm happier where I work than I would be there. That's saying something. So Rizzo finds out Joe Thomas not going to be on the really big show and has this reaction.
2: I'm outraged. I'm outraged that Joe will not come on this show. I think it's petty, and that's not him. And I probably bet it's more of his agent than it is even him.
3: Earlier in this show, you said the only thing you'd remember his career for is losing. And I've upset many athletes in this town, many athletes who. Oh, you've upset more people than the
0: athletes. (laughs) Like I do, let me tell you. I I mean, again, I don't want to get in the business of jumping on you know up and down on fellow broadcasters. Who the hell am I kidding? Yeah, I do. I uh, <laughs> Dude, that kid, I've never understood his appeal. Aaron Goldhammer, so you're talking about that? Yeah, I, I've never understood his appeal. And ultimately, I've always pointed, look how happy he was with the reaction of when they drafted Johnny Manziel. How do you take anything seriously out of that dude's mouth after that?
1: And the thing I'm going to say about it, and the thing I don't necessarily, maybe it's not appeal, but he knows he's the heel now. He knows he's the guy that everyone that you hate? hates, and he embraces it. I There's think. a talent in that. There is. It's hard.
0: There's a ta- dude in like pretending you're the town idiot on a radio program, being the heel on a radio program like those are hard jobs. And if you can do it, well, there is a little bit of the tip of the cap that, oh, my God, you got me in a place where I'm defending Aaron Golding. Love it, baby. Oh, my God. I hate that. No, <laughs> screw it. Anybody else that's true of not not hammer.
3: Many athletes who stunk and are now. I don't gone. think
2: what I said should have upset you.
3: Well, that's a matter of opinion. Joe's got to have a little thicker skin than
2: that if he's going to get into my business. You understand? He ain't playing for the Browns anymore. I think that's evident after looking at him yesterday. Now, is that updated by
1: anyone else? Is anyone else confirming that? Because last week we talked to Munch. Didn't Munch seem very much to think that?
0: Munch has said multiple times on this program he's dropped cryptic hints that he's almost like heard it maybe, or that his strong feeling, not that Munch is right, but he has definitely indicated on this program, you'll hear him again tomorrow at, in the 7 a.m. hour, on loan from Fox Sports 1350, that he has definitely indicated that he ha- is feeling that Joe Thomas is going to return next year.
2: I think that's evident after looking at him yesterday. We'll get so that's a shot at the
0: body, Right. That's a, After looking at him yesterday, I'm assuming that's a shot at the shape of Joe Thomas. That's what I would assume. Because didn't all this start from the fact that Joe Thomas took a day off of practice?
1: Yeah, this is all This all goes back to Joe Thomas. Um, at the time, the Browns reported had taken a Veterans Day on a Wednesday in the in the year. Now, it came out later that Joe Thomas was hurt or he was injured or he just wasn't capable of practicing that day. But prior to knowing that, Tony Rizzo kind of like, you know, dude, you're on an 0-16 football team. Nobody should get a day the leader of that. And I think there's a valid point there, dude. I do. I understand if you're injured, yes, take the day off practice. We need you on Sunday as opposed to Wednesday. But if you're just taking veterans days, if you're just like, ah, dude, I'm old. I don't want to do this. I know in 16. Yeah, yeah. I could a get behind.
0: Now, as a guy who's taking issue with Rizzo before, I could get behind that.
1: Now, if Tom Brady does that, I guess I can see it. But Joe Thomas, it's like, I yes, you're both Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers. Different, though. But you're in a very different situation. V- there, very different where, situation. Where with Tom Brady, you can point to your resume. With Joe Thomas, it's like, dude, you're the leader of this team and we haven't won a game. Yeah, there's valid point in that.
0: On
2: the Tomahawk, I'm sure. On Joe but I'm telling no, okay, the Tomahawk. That is Joe
1: Thomas's podcast with um Andrew uh or not Andrew, um Andrew Hawkins. It's Hawkins. Hawkins? Yeah. yeah, Andrew yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Andrew Hawkins. So they have their own podcast now. It's called like every athlete in the world. It's called the Tomahawk. And from what I've heard, I've never listened
2: to it. A lot of people in Northeast Ohio like it. That's just what Well, I,
0: Joe's that's a pretty open worried. dude. Like He'll give you answers.
2: We'll get the official word on the tomahawk, I'm sure. On Joe. But I'm telling you, he's coming to my world, baby. You're coming to my, I'm a made man in this town.
0: <sighs> yeah, in I wouldn't have game. went there. Yeah. Wouldn't have went there. <laughs> Don't now, you know who I am? Now, dude, Rizzo, I mean, dude, what makes you a made man? Like, what makes you a mobster? The fact that you came a little too close to smacking your wife around? Like, I mean, dude, if you want to go low blow, Rizzo, like, I'm not the guy that wants to do that with you. But you got to know your history is a nine one one call coming from your residence of your wife freaking out in the bathroom. So if you're going to low blow somebody in the community that most people love, you got to expect that, right? Like, you have to know that's
2: coming. But I'm telling you, he's coming to my world, baby. You're coming to my, I'm a made man in this town.
0: Now, I think that that's a cocky thing to say, and I understand who just told you that, right? I'm pretty cocky. That's a cocky thing to say. Now, again, I want to be fair. Rizzo had, no matter what you think of him, because I know what Twitter's going to tell me, I know what Facebook's going to tell me, but the guy's been able to stay around and relevant in this business in a market for long enough to where I don't know if you should be calling yourself a made man but the point is yeah. he has established himself as a as a sports talker of the town.
1: Yes, 100%. I mean, if we're really getting down to it, do I think Tony Rizzo's a made man in Northeast Ohio broadcasting? Yeah, I'd be a liar to say that he wasn't. I Probably mean,
0: would make the Ohio Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Could be in it, and I don't know it.
1: Right. I mean, so like Cuz I don't pay attention. To that dude, stuff. Dude, I'm never gonna make nope. it, so I don't care who's in it. Dude, 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 That's dude, legit. Dude's got a bit of a point there, but at the same time, it's like you it, 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 what you have to recognize too that like saying that, like, what does being a made man in, in, in Northeast Ohio media really mean? It's not like it's not that much. There's been
0: rumors that that Joe Thomas could be the replacement for John Gruden on Monday Night Football right? So is this jealousy out of Rizzo? Although that wouldn't make sense to me because it's like, Riz, you got to know they're not looking to you for that. Yeah, dude to
1: pro athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like there's such a difference there between guys who have, you know, who have played the game versus guys who didn't and why you look at those as two separate things where it's like, you know, if you're looking to hire a cook, you're looking for different things than you would hire in a waiter. So like, yes, we want two different people working in our establishment. I want guys who can give insight into the game through analytics and, you know, being, you know, an analyst. And I want, guys who have played the game and I need both of those things so Tony Rizzo his job there is nothing to do with you
0: I, I also think I don't think Joe Thomas is going to be no. the guy that replaces John Gruden no. I don't think he's I, like I think he'd be a fantastic Cleveland sports broadcaster yeah, Joe Thomas a
1: 19 tailgate news or yes. 19 Browns whatever Perfect. coverage or whatever that is do
0: that five years right
1: well and then you build your way up into it and then you start becoming a regular guest on you know national the shows, national shows and then all of a sudden it's like Joe Thomas has proven he has the ability to broadcast and not just play football. But he's
0: not going to go from being the Browns' left tackle to being the guy in the booth at the, for Monday Night Football. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't I see that.
2: It. Coming to my world, baby. You're coming to my... I'm a made man in this town, in this in this media. You're coming to my world. You gotta, you gotta earn your way in my world. You don't just get a free pass because you were good at playing tackle in the NFL. Yes you good do. Luck with the Tomahawk Joe. Yeah, you
0: do. Yes you do. Yeah, you do. And here's the thing that's crazy about that statement. Who's going to know that better than somebody that's had behind the scenes access to the to the organizations for decades? You are
1: 100% a made man. You think that you think that 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 let's look at the at the athletes that Cleveland has genuinely loved and and and, and, and how quickly we would accept them back. If Matthew Dellavedova came back and wanted to be a Cavs analyst, dude,
0: dude, dude all of
1: Northeast Ohio would just have a, a Cavs wreck like
0: none other. I said it during that Stretch when we had Delhi, He hit that three That one night in that big game. Dude, that guy could have had sex With your wife that
1: night. Look at Josh Cribs And I mean, like, he was a part of a, a slew Of piss poor Browns organizations Just a slew of them, dude And, and still, still, 19 action news You see him out there, Josh Cribs, baby
0: yeah, not a lot of other franchises are wrapping their arms around Josh Cribbs.
1: Look at Dustin Fox, and I mean, no, you know, no, no offense to that dude, but never even really translated his talents into a like solid professional playing career. Is still a made man in this town. Gerard Cherry, perfect example right there of somebody who's a made man. Bob Golick on WNIR, dude, are you effing kidding me? Are you effing kidding me?
0: Yeah, I, I mean,
1: it's <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: you can. Yeah, I mean, Joe Thomas is definitely going. Like, he, what did he say the other day that people aren't gonna care about him after he's done playing? Yeah. That's insanity. That guy will slap his name on a car dealership and sell 2 million cars.
1: The only bright spot from the Cleveland Browns
0: organization, or whatever arguably, the is, arguably
1: but... in the last 20 years, the brightest spot we've had in the last 20 years is Joe Thomas. Fair. And, and let's be real, dude. I mean, we're, talking about, oh, we're talking about a team that has sucked consistently for the past 20 years. And it's in a sport <coughs> where nobody effing cares about it anymore because we're all protesting it. Man, oh man, dude, Joe Thomas getting into the booth causing a lot of controversy for something nobody gives an F about.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're spending a lot of minutes on the guy, right? And you want to call him petty, but this is all about the fact that you, that you got that he bumped doing your show. I mean, I get it having a having like a guest kind of cancel or change the parameter or whatever. It
1: is, it's annoying. Well, but he didn't cancel. He didn't <laughs> cancel. He said, "I'm not doing your show anymore." There's like it's not like it's not like he screwed me over. I've been pro, I've been promoing this Joe Thomas interview all day long. Hey, nine thirty coming up. Joe Thomas on the on the big show, whatever the hell it's called. Like he didn't he didn't screw them over in that capacity. He didn't put out a tweet saying yo f Tony Rizzo. He said I'm not doing your show anymore, dude, because of something you said about me. Welcome to consequences to, to your
0: actions. Right. I mean what I mean uh, I mean that's uh, it's in bounds. It's not crazy. It's you're not the first broadcaster this has ever happened to. Like, dude, this is like the second... Mil- I mean, wasn't it last year he was going to mow down the parade dude? Yep. Chris McNeil, he's was going to yep. mow him down with the car? Yep. Like, I know I've had my outbursts. But, and I think if anybody who has listened to me throughout the tenure of, of me being on the radio will tell you that there has been a shift in presentation because the expectation from the audience... there, you, you pe- Most people have shifted, and I've talked about this with Lewis Black. A lot of that anger stuff... Isn't in vogue. It's not this. It's not. We've seen it. That's not what you're after these days. And so there needs to be a shift in the. And so I just think what you're dealing with here is I think there's jealousy over the fact that these athletes get like you know their A's kissed throughout their career, and now it's so much easier for an athlete to turn into a. And I'm going to use air quotes here Media member after they're done playing Due to podcasts And a lot of these guys are going to surpass the popularity Of radio dudes who have put 10, 15, 20 years into their career And they're bitter Like I don't know how this isn't that How many times has he mentioned the Tomahawk thing And it's because you're bitter about that Why be bitter That stuff doesn't ever really bother me Because I always feel like Cream will rise to the top Now I, feel, I don't know Joe show It might be great like I said, he's a pretty personable guy. So if he's in there being real with you, I think the show probably has the potential to be pretty good. But only when you're worried about somebody toppling you are you really this angry about it, I would think. I don't know. You're coming to my... I'm a main <laughs> <man> <laughs> in this Oh, you dick, in I'm this, sick. I can barely laugh that hard.
2: You're coming to my world. You gotta, you gotta earn your way in my world. You don't just get a free pass, <laughs> you're play in the NFL. Now, Good Now with the tomahawk, show.
0: I think he's probably already mad. Like, dude, what? <laughs> Let me guess. They've shown him downloads of the daily podcast he puts up versus the tomahawk and he feels like his, his territory's being stepped on.
1: They charge for their podcast too. What? Yeah, you pen I think it's like ten bucks a month or something like that, and you get all the free probably big show on demand or whatever. See, I'm
0: I'm stuck in the middle on that. All right? Cuz I there is part of me that does this for a living that feels like these industries, all of them, all the entertainment industries that are like audio and visually based now, have done a poor job of pushing so much content out there and not charging anybody anything. That now radio was always built on that though. Turn it on and there it yeah, is, there right? It is, yeah. I mean it's not movies. You always paid for the movies. You always uh, traditionally you paid for music that you wanted to own. And we were always there for you like a warm blanket. Well,
1: and and, and you can go with the uh, you know, no, you have to pay every single time to listen to this, but you're you're not adapting at that point. The world has changed. It's up to you to recognize that and how do I make money with the hand that I've been dealt as opposed to like, <coughs> all right, no, I'm just charging you to listen to my podcast. Like it's, it's not how people listen anymore. It's a little egotistical.
0: Now, that's not him, right? I'm sure... No, I mean, that That's a company thing. I'm, yeah, sure I'm sure if he had his way, he would rather his people be able to get his his content without that.
1: For, just for an 0-16 team in a sport that nobody gives an F about, reportedly. Man, the Browns make news, dude. Just can't stop. Won't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop.
0: You know... It, it is. It, this is very meme right? Cavs are in disarray, Browns hold my beer, right? I mean, just very, very hold my beerish. ish Your shot at Queensway tickets next on Rock 106.9. The
3: Stansberry Show.
0: Rock 106.9 106.9 Welcome back to the Right Show Rock 106.9 Online for you at WRQK.com We have those right tickets for you You'll have them momentarily 1-800-243-7625 The number you need on those And then you'll be at the Hard Rock Casino in May Check those guys out I uh I thought this was pretty cool Of LeBron James And I know I've been jumping up and down on him As uh As late But I thought this was cool That he ended up showing up And uh He apparently attended the uh, the girls' high school basketball game between is it Jackson and uh, McKinley there. There's, like, a video circling around of, like, he and his wife both in the stands kind of joking with one another. And it's kind of cool to see LeBron like that, kind of joking around with Savannah like that in public. It's pretty yeah. sweet.
1: I mean, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to see somebody like that as a human, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there, there's something endearing about that. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And they just genuinely, they do look like they just... Enjoy one another. Which is
1: really, I mean, really saying something considering like, I think anybody whose high school sweetheart they get married to, it always blows my mind. It really does that like, dude, this is the one person that you've had sex with since we've been 16. But then you throw the fact that the guy is one of the most successful people on the face of the planet and like it, it, that relationship. To me, would have fallen apart so many different times. Oh God! Like yeah. you get that first paycheck before you're even a pro athlete, I'd have been like, "All right, girl, I'm you know I'm going to the ecstasy right now." Like <laughs> I bought a
0: Bugatti, right? And I got you a U-Haul, right? It's gonna be awesome.
1: So like, I, I just it is. It, it's nice to see that you know, and and we've talked about this before. Like, no real. You know, there's been allegations, but, like, nothing concrete, nothing yeah, proven. There have like- been
0: allegations about everybody. Um, no real run-in with the law ever, which that's impressive when you talk about, some, about anybody getting money that early on in their life to not have, like, craziness ensue after that. I also think it's cool that he would show up just to, be, to show interest in this. Yeah. Um, I, I, dude, I don't think sometimes people understand what life is like for a dude like that when they leave their house. That it's not like oh you can sit in the corner like you can see it all these people that are in these stands and I'm not knocking them because I wouldn't be able to do this either like everybody's whipping their head around to take a look at oh, the fact that like the biggest star in the world is sitting behind you at the in the bleachers in a high
1: school gym right. you know what I'm saying it's not like you saw this dude you know uh, in an airport or something like that like this is just like where you normally are so like yeah it's uh, obviously a big deal and I mean like even like and I'm nowhere near to LeBron's fame but like you go into a restaurant it's you or I,
0: and it's like, all right, man, people are looking at me like, and right. so you, Sometimes, can only, yeah. you
1: can only imagine what it's like for him.
0: Uh, apparently, James and his wife both there, and uh, they were you know, the left corner of the Jackson High School bleachers. And apparently, uh, they people say he was here to see a girl, and I hope I get her name right. Is it Taylor Mixell or Mikecell? Um, uh, I, I think they're talking about Kirsten Bell. Is, is girl, that who they're is talking that the about star from McKinley? Yeah. Oh, okay, because this girl says here, people have told me he's wanted to see me play. So, but I know, but again, I hear that Kirsten Bell, uh, young lady's very, very good. I don't know much. I'll be honest with you. I don't know, not much. I don't know anything about <laughs> girls high school basketball. I mean, I don't know why I'm trying to even like false flag that I got a little bit of it. Your boy don't have a single piece of that. Not a piece. And then I think that's interesting as like, I know they'll make. NBA guys looking at the camera and read that thing we care about the WNBA but now I can almost kind of believe it out of LeBron that he has an interest of the game enough to come see high school girls play it
1: he um, he, he wants to see greatness and I think at this point especially on a younger level I think he appreciates and you know you saw him thank his younger self before that third congratulate man, his younger self. Man people
0: want to beat him up over that all day yesterday? Well,
1: and I, I think that's a big part of it is I think he's looking back at like man you know being 15, 16, 17 years old you just don't know what life holds for you, like, and I think he has a new appreciation for you know somebody standing there with is you know with that potential in their hands like he used to have.
0: What do you make of Dan Gilbert wanting to sell the Cavaliers?
1: Um, I've heard that that's a a false allegation by Stephen A. Smith. Um, but if you're gonna do it, I guess do it. I mean, I'm not gonna hate Dan Gilbert. I refuse to just based on the fact that he's the owner that brought a championship to Cleveland. But like, I, you've made you've made some mistakes in the past, and like, if this is if this is what it takes for the Cavaliers to be what
0: they're gonna be, like. Okay, I, I mean, for a guy to come in and buy a, a sports team for for a town that he doesn't traditionally have ties to, you had to kind of expect it to be turn and burn, right?
1: Well, especially with the unknown nature of what LeBron's going to do. Like, I can't fault him for that either. Where it's like, dude, if I can sell now while LeBron's still on the team, and I don't know what the legalities of like, can you sell in the middle of the season? Uh, yeah, I don't I, know, how I, that I don't works. know what that is. But like, if you can, if you can get out while the while it's high, as opposed to like trying to sell it two years from now if LeBron is to leave, it's like, well, then, dude, you're just. In there, you know, with a limp d in your hand, like
0: what are you gonna do? If I remember, I heard the facts. I heard the numbers on TV the other day. Was it three hundred million bought for? Probably gonna sell it for a billion. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. That's that's about what I think I heard. It was three hundred million to acquire, gonna sell for about a billion.
1: But if you wait, if you don't hit it while it's hot, you're gonna sell it for four hundred million, and all of a sudden it's gonna be like, damn, where did all that money go? So, Dan Gilbert, do what you gotta do, bro.
0: I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to knock it. We did get a title. His, his system worked. He wanted to do it. They did do it. At the end of the day. I, the only time we care about owners is when they will or will not pony up more money for an right. athlete we want. Right. Outside of that, we don't care about these dudes at all. We do have right tickets. We'll send you right now if your caller 17. I'm so proud of myself for remembering <laughs> Good that. job, buddy. 1-800-243-7625 <laughs> is the number you need on those. And your shot at $1,000 is right around the corner on Rock 106.9
3: boys
0: brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you. WRTV.com. Your opportunity at being a $1,000 richer is moments away. I, as a cord cutter, need to get to someplace where I can watch television this afternoon. Okay. Because we golf nerds. Oh, jeez. We get Tiger at Torrey oh, Pines today. He is. Uh, this is his first tournament of this particular season, from what I understand. If I'm If I'm calling that information properly, and a lot of historic moments in Tiger's career have come from Torrey Pines. Knows the course well, plays it well. Has been a world beater on it before. I uh, I'm interested to see Tiger's form, what it looks like. He uh, birdied a few holes, I believe in the in the pro am. So I'm interested to see what he can do today against the field.
1: Now, will he always just be interesting to you? I mean, anytime he picks up a stick... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Until it's like, okay, shut the door. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, because, I mean, you know, you mentioned a lot of his big career moments and, and victories or whatever have come at this course, but it's been a long time since he had a career victory, right? Since it's been like, yo, like you came out there and, you know, dominated. I mean, Ten, I don't, like, I mean
0: I, since the... I don't think he's won a major
1: in 10 years. So since the since the Thanksgiving night, you, you know, the BMW, the... the golf, oh, yeah. Or, okay, so it's been since he then. He hasn't won anything significant since then. So, like... Ten years later, it's just like, man, still, like you feel like that's must-see TV. He must always just be like an intriguing watch.
0: Yeah, because it's one of those things where where age necessarily doesn't have to play as big of a factor. Now, it's going to be a factor, but if you look at guys like Phil Mickelson, right. who's like 44, right. 45 maybe now, um, can still get out there, still win tournaments, can still be dominant. Now, Phil's up and down. But the point being is that if Tiger finds it, and I've maintained all along that I think Tiger's problems are mostly mental. Right. And I think that, that that he leans on the physical thing because his mental game has like somewhat snapped. I think the, the 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 breakdowns and the marriages and that kind of stuff and hearing legends of the game kind of talk about the fact that he's never going to be able to get it back and this and that play a factor. I also think he gets out on a course and he gets guys like Dustin Johnson and like Bubba Watson who are young and who drive it or who are capable at least of driving it by him that mentally he starts thinking, oh my God, God, I'm not Tiger Woods anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a combination of all things. I mean, I'm sure his body just gotten older and, you know, it played with injuries and it just seemed to be throughout his <laughs> career that, you know, things were wrong with his body. But, yes, you lose confidence in it and all of a sudden your mind is, like, questioning yourself. That and, game's and, all confidence. And, and, and a huge part of it is, you know, you define yourself as this person, as this dominant athlete, as the greatest in the world, and then all of a sudden you don't have that very tough pill to swallow.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing, especially when these young kids are so good. Like you guys got, you know, you got Jordan Spieth. you got the John Roms of the world, and you got, yeah. But see, this is why Tiger's important is because when Tiger was Tiger, he was must see TV. Not for golf fans, he was must see TV. People would change their viewing habits around the weekend to make sure you saw Tiger on Sunday. He just delivered eyeballs. And if that's capable, if a golfer is able to do that for you, I maintain that if Tiger can come back and play at that level, that maybe some people who kind of come in and check Tiger out can realize like oh I like this more than I'm willing to admit maybe yeah. and this Jordan Spieth character is pretty interesting yeah or this John Rom guy out of Spain is pretty interesting
1: get the taste back in your mouth and all of a sudden it's like oh oh yeah I did like this I yeah. mean you know it's like listening to an artist you haven't listened to in a while and you hear like one of their hits on the radio and you're like dude I should listen to Rage Against the Machine again now
0: you're never gonna see people come to it like well not until again be what you cannot deny that what may ta- what made a lot of what Tiger being musty TV was is that you didn't necessarily you weren't accustomed to an African American kid right. being that damn good at golf. There was a little bit of an anomaly factor that went into him. So, I understand that even the phenomena that is Tiger, you're not going to turn all of those people into weekly golf fans. But I got to tell you, dude, with like, and I was a big proponent of it, and I want to remain one as they're going to put one here. But you got things like Top Golf now, and you got all this stuff. Th- there is going to be a threatening of, th- of people playing. There's already, we've already seen a massive decline in people playing the game. Once Tiger was kind of done, the amount of people playing the game went way down. Expensive, man. And it's an expensive it thing, and there are a lot of things coming for it and threatening threatening it and tiger playing really well, Is sort of a a I mean it's it's a hail mary pass that can bring it back to a little bit more of relevance and there's so dude the young game has never been better than it is right now with Rory and Jordan and John and all these young kids there's it's never been Smiley Kaufman's another one there's you've never I mean it's there's so many good young players that the game should be more interesting now than it's ever been and it's not
1: so you feel like you know good golf happening right now Tiger playing today you feel like you've got to go to a bar to go watch it. I know you had to go to a bar to go watch the, uh, the championship Sunday matches as well. You starting to
0: regret being a court guard at all? There are times. I cannot make the statement that I don't ever regret it. There's As I'm sitting here trying to scramble and figure out what I'm going to do for the Super Bowl, right. there's a little bit in me that's like, dude, why did you do this to yourself? Right. You just pay the more money that you wish you didn't have to, but then be able to beat yourself like the whale you are <laughs> on your goddamn couch and watch these things that you want to watch. And meanwhile, dude, you got the iPhone 8 Plus out there. No, I'm on Twitter watching it just as good! And it's like, no it's not! No, it's not! Just get hustled by the big box Corporation and sell your soul out to the devil and give them their money. I mean, I already worked for one of them who's about to give you money right now.
3: Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock. one zero six nine.
0: Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wakeham Auto Family. If you've been thinking about the fact that your car needs an upgrade, but you're worried about your credit holding you back, the Wacom Auto Mile is where you need to be. Wacom has specific teams on site whose only job it is is to work on credit approval and special financing loans. I can tell you from experience, they were able to help me out. I had some gaps in my employment history, not the best credit score ever, and yet they were still able to find me a loan well within the parameters I needed to get myself the car I wanted. Ended up with a 2013 Honda Accord, the exact car I wanted, and they got me financed. The size of Wacom gives them an advantage. They're working with over 30 different banks and credit unions so they can get you the loan you're looking for. If you're making $350 per week, then the answer on the Wakeham Auto Mile is yes, you will be approved. You make just $350 per week, the Wakeham Auto Family can turn that into up to $30,000 in credit. It's super easy to get the process started at wakeham.com. That's W-A-I-K-E-M.com. No worries about that website. You're not going to be asked to enter your social security number. Check out Wacom.com or stop by in person on the Wacom Auto Mile at West Huskin Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Do what I did. Save the Wacom Way. Nine. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on jerk. Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRTK.com. we about to get you hooked up with a, a pair of tickets to You're check out jerk. Coaching greats, Jim Trussell and John Cooper. This will be Sunday at the Palace Theater. Our good friends over at the Wake family, your presenting sponsor, they were nice enough to get us hooked up with some tickets so you guys could go and check that out.
1: Now, as somebody who's not necessarily the biggest fan of the Buckeyes and myself, I uh, I will admit that's pretty friggin' cool. Yeah, that's dude. Cool. That I mean that really is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, you'll want to talk you will wanna hear, you know, Trestle speak for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I saw this yesterday, and I have to imagine an entire university just leapt for joy. And I don't know if this is um, new. I got to imagine with how many universities we have in this country that this is not the first time we've seen this. But the University of Akron, they're saying now, will eliminate nearly all Friday classes starting this coming fall. The school announced the new schedule on Wednesday. Officials say the move to cut to four days will open up the opportunities for work experience, internships, research, and other activities. And they're right about that. I, would, I, I know a lot of college students constantly complain about that, about the workload and then trying to have to work on top of that, that sometimes you're just in a situation where something something is, is suffering because of that. Of course.
1: I mean, there's no way that you can prioritize everything on top. Of course, that's... They
0: stay here, Matthew Wilson does, the university president, that the move will not cut down on total classroom time. Many classes currently taught in the 50-minute sessions on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays will be switched to a two-day schedule with 75-minute classes. So essentially what they're going to do is you're going to keep you in school longer, or sorry, class, or you know uh, longer, but for less days. And we talk about this in the workplace all the time. And most people seem to opt for this in their in, for their work life. But why do I feel like people are going to freak out? And the moment I read it, it did kind of feel to me like, are we slipping our standards?
1: Well, I, I think a big part of it is, is a lot of students already don't have class on Fridays. I think that's pretty commonplace. I, I remember I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday and she was telling me when she was in college, um, there was a class that was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but she never went to class on Friday. And I'm like, well, why didn't you go to class? And she's like, because the professor just didn't go to class. Like he would cancel it every Friday because he knew he wasn't coming in to do it. So they just did, you know, Monday, wow. Monday, Wednesday. And every Friday, like the Thursday night before, he would say, hey, you don't have to show up to class tomorrow. Everything that I signed on Wednesday will continue forward. And she's like, that's the only Friday class I ever had. So, like,
0: I mean, every person I ever knew. Scheduled classes away from Fridays as much as they possibly could, right. But everybody I always knew who was doing that was at, was at school to party, not necessarily go to school.
1: Now, if, if, if this is a class that it's like, no, it's, we have to meet three times a week at minimum to, because that's the thing, is no classes are meeting five times a week. There's going to be days off within that sure. week. So like, if it's one of those classes where it's like, no, we can't get this workload done with only two days of class, even with the extra time, well, then run it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like there, it's, not like, it's not like this is like, well we can't.
0: Like, it's not an impossible workaround. Right. So, like, I don't see too much of an issue with it. I'll tell you. Well, no, I'll tell you why I don't see an issue with it. I guarantee you what's going to happen is you're going to see engagement go up. You're going to see scores go up in these classes when you take the Friday classes away.
1: Now, with colleges, I understand, and you brought up a good point because it's party related. Most of them probably are going to want that Friday off. But given the opportunity, if you could have that Friday off or you could have that Monday off, which one are you picking?
0: That's a tough call. Um... I'll tell you what. This is such a me answer. <laughs> this is such a me answer. You understands right Because here. I be I be I want Monday off because the golf course is going to be less packed on Monday than it is on Friday. You know what I mean? Like you ask Stansbury 10 years ago, what's he want 15 years ago. Then give me Friday. Cause thirsty Thursday, right? You know what I mean? Your boy's right. still running hard in the bar and all that. Now that I don't really want to live like that, I'd rather play golf all day. And so, but dude, Monday, dude, even the doctors have a hard time getting on the course on Monday. It,
1: uh, it feels to me like, it feels to me like Monday would be the better answer there. Just because I feel like you're extending your weekend, like making it, Longer on the back end Opposed to the front end You know what I mean Like there's a little bit of me That's like well On Sunday You know you always get that Like feeling of like Oh god I gotta go back tomorrow And like you you would have that extra like.
0: Yeah, that sets in for us, by the way, at like 1145 in the morning. Early,
1: dude. I'd say sometimes earlier than that.
0: Like that's why I try. I'll go out of my way to wake up Sunday as early as I possibly can. So I still feel like I'm getting the day.
1: Now, it's not the toughest thing in the world to do. But when I wake up on Sunday morning, one of the first things I do is like, all right, I got to start planning for tomorrow. And it's not necessarily like, boy, the trials and tribulations of Matt Fantone. He's just such a. But it's like, dude, that day becomes a work day for me because I know like, you know, a lot of jobs you don't have homework for. This job you
0: have homework for. Yeah, I say all the time like this job is one of those things where it's like you're kind of always working and you're kind of never working. Like it, it's essentially we do work twice a day because you go and you do the show in the morning and then you have to get the show ready for the next night. You can't just go in there five thirty in the morning and then wing it. Like well, that's you, cr- you, you can, can, but it's not very good. You can. It's <laughs> egotistical and it will bite you in the ass. The best theory I was ever taught about the business by a guy you all would know as Pig Vomit, but he was actually a brilliant. Brilliant programming mind, and I revered Kevin Matheny, who once told me, and not once, multiple times told me while trying to mold me is, where you can go in there and, and and ditch the plan when the show's going in a different direction. Right. The moment you go in there without a plan, you will be exposed. And the moment you're exposed, you risk losing the listener, which is what we're all in this for. This is not an exercise in your ego. It's also that, but it's not Solely that you gotta start planning stuff, dude. I don't know what the hell we're doing, right. dude. I just did a great job convincing people that maybe, just maybe, there's a little bit of going that I even use real names and lied about a story about when I was just in my boss's office playing with his moon man that he won from MTV when he was the first programmer there, and you just shot a hole soul in our goddamn boat, bro. I don't think do we got do maybe instead of me patching the boat, I gotta throw you out of the goddamn thing. Dude, Gilligan sucks. No wonder they never got off the damn island. A Cleveland sports player has reached the Hall of Fame. That is to be celebrated, and it will be done next on Rock 106. Rock 106. Welcome back to the Ray Show on Rock 106. On live for WRQ up with these tickets to see Jim Trestle and John Cooper at the Theater. That's this Sunday. Those tickets on uh, well, were given to us to to you by our good friends over at the wake-up. Yeah,
1: I mean, first of all, thank you guys for giving them to us to give to the audience. But like, I just think it's cool that they're bringing them in here. And like I said, I mean, I'm no Ohio State fan, but I recognize greatness when I see it. And oh, both if the, you're a Buckeye fan, you want to go to that. Both those dudes, I mean, are just legends of the of the of the of the game. There,
0: yeah. There's no arguing with Tressel's success there. That guy was amazing. Big fan. Seven and nine. I thought about it, but I was like, eh. Sunday night. Sunday night. There's a little bit of that back me off, and I was like, eh. But I don't know. Man. I could change my mind. Come Sunday, I could completely change it. And, and, and don't forget what
1: this Sunday is. The Royal Rumble. Yeah. 30 superstars coming into the ring. One man leaves. I would legitimately watch <laughs> paint dry
0: before I watch that would maybe even paint the thing and wait for it to dry. (laughs) The Road to WrestleMania! Dude, Jim Tomey in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and this feels right to me. Like, Tomy feels like baseball. Like, it feels like the guy who founded Cooperstown just, like, shaved him out of a block. Like, himself. Like, he just looks like a baseball player. 612 home runs, one shy of 1,700 RBIs, now, not so much with the wheels, Tommy, as it was only the 19 stolen bases there. Jeez, only
1: 19? Yeah, but you're not really relying on him. No, for that. no, 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 no. I mean, you're not looking at him. You know, I mean, he was six four, two fifty. Not Kenny Lofton by any stretch no. of the imagination. I would just think with a career that long, inevitably you'd get up into triple digits, right? Like it just seems like.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know enough about the game, and like I, I'm sure stealing bases back then different than than it is now, and like all that stuff. How things will will turn over in the sport world. I think he did all right without the stolen base. Yeah, I think he's... Well, I mean, he ended up in Cooperstown. He did just fine. Pretty fair. I uh, Like I said, he just feels like baseball to me. Now, I was still... I mean, I was still pretty young, like at the start of his career. Um, I won't go so far as to say he was my favorite Indian from that era. I was always a little... um, I was always a little... Much of a big fan, actually, of Kenny Lofton. Like that was like my Indian of that era. I actually, I think I was there the day speaking of stolen bases. I know, well, I know I was there when when Kenny Lofton broke the Indians' record. I believe it was Mother's Day, Um, and my buddy had great tickets. His dad had season tickets. It was right down the third the third baseline. And like I remember sitting there feeling guilty about the fact that oh, I probably shouldn't be. I'm pretty sure it was Mother's Day, and he picked up the base and held it over his head. Like that will always be like a huge Indians moment for me. I remember like going to a lot of opening days when you could still do that really easily. Uh, when I was in high school, it was always a day we would skip and go. Um, and I've, dude, I just got a lot of good memories of watching Tommy and those teams play. Yeah, I mean, of
1: course, dude. I think you know it was just such a. A community effort at that point. I mean, I can literally remember, like, people just having signs up in their yards. Everybody was wearing hats. Everybody was high-fiving each other over it. It it was just a magical run of Cleveland. (laughs) It was a magical run of Cleveland sports there. And, like, looking back on it, like... Don't get me wrong. Obviously, you would have wanted to win a World Series somewhere along the line. But if you can't look back on those 90s teams of the Indians and appreciate that for what it was and how much fun it was and like what it meant for the area. I'm special. That's on you, dude. And It really is.
0: Like, Yeah, I mean, they, do they opened a new ballpark with that team. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that
1: happened. You know, I think it really goes to show how much sports fans have changed in the past 20 to 25 years where, like, you know, the Indians never won that championship. We all felt like it was inevitable. We all felt like it was going to happen, but we appreciated it. Now it's like, dude, unless you deliver a championship
0: year after year after year, you're a piece of crap. I'm not sure how much that's actually changed versus the perception of how it's changed. I think that was... I I think it was probably very much the same, but yet the guy who wrote the article in The Plain Dealer wasn't going to tell you.
1: Um, I think baseball always has a sense of optimism to it, like... Other sports necessarily don't, and I don't know why that is, but like that, you know, that there's always next year seems always to apply to the Indians, where it doesn't necessarily translate over to the Browns and the Cavaliers as much, or even the Buckeyes.
0: All those other things have given you a little.
1: Right, right. I mean, all those
0: other things have given you a little. I mean, literally, the Browns have given you not much, where at least the Indians have a couple of different times now. Last couple of years been pretty good. In the mid '90s, there were you know we're pretty good. The Cavs have had a recent run of being good enough. I mean, good enough to win a championship, right? So like, what I'm saying is they, yeah, the Browns don't give you any of that. Do you
1: feel like? As you sit here and you think about like the Indians and it's like man, boy, they never were able to get it, no matter how close they were. What do you feel like is more frustrating as a sports fan, being in that situation where you came so close and just couldn't get it done, or being in the Browns situation where it's like, dude, you're just a piss poor organization. What's worse? Yeah, like what 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 frustrates you more as a fan? What, like... Oh,
0: I, I dude, you can make arguments and really good arguments on both sides, but I'll take the heartbreak of being close and not getting it any day of the week. Yeah, because at least I feel like a move. You know what I mean? More money or something is what's going to stop it. When you look at the Browns, it's like, well, what? Like, what? Like, how many? We did switch owners. Right. We did switch, you know, coaches. We did switch quarterbacks. Six of them last year, for Christ's sake. So I will take close... But no, you know what I mean? But no cigar versus we don't even look like the same sport.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's that heartbreak when they lose. And I mean, we as Northeast Ohio Cleveland sports fans know more than most people. Yeah, what so that heartbreak much of my is. identity is built on that, that I'm almost thankful for it. When 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 the Indians lost that World Series two years ago, it sucked, dude. I can remember just feeling like bummed about it but it was better than being a Browns fan. You know what I mean? Where it's like, those games mattered. I had fun watching them.
0: I cared about who won. Even last now year. It's just a joke. Even last year, when it was like they got bounced earlier than they should have, you could still all year, if you were a baseball fan, now look, it's probably my least favorite out of the big three sports. Okay? But I'm still a fan of the Indians, and I want them to be good. That at least last year, you could feel like, this is a team you can. I don't feel like all of my time is wasted. Right. The way it is when. I, I mean, I, now again, I was the one guy telling you, they, I mean, everybody else last year, the Browns, they're going to win six games, and I'll go to my grave saying it, and some of you are going to be able to repeat this as it comes out of my mouth now, because you've heard me say it so many times. You don't go from using six quarterbacks one season to winning six games the next season. Dude, that better be on my goddamn headstone. Right underneath, well, at least it wasn't as bad as something Rizzo had said. <laughs> like, right underneath that, Right. Let's send you to see Jim Trestle, John Cooper as well. They'll be at the Canton Palace Theater. This is Sunday. And again, those tickets uh, were given to us by the Wacom Auto family. We appreciate that. We'll send caller number 10 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And your shot at $1,000 is right around the corner on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. About to pass out $1,000 here momentarily. Uh, Fantone, dude, I just read um, the ticket? Repository, dude. Your uh, your second job, the chocolate bar, got a huge write up in here.
1: I think it's the third, fourth job.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Uber. <laughs> forgot about the can charge. Forgot about all this. I don't know. There's. I'm not going to list ethnicities who were known to have lots of jobs. I feel like that's uh, probably not appropriate for 2018 radio, but there you are cheesing in one of these photos. Yeah. And dude, I got to be honest with you. You look like you're dressed up like the Mad Hatter from from Alice in Wonderland. Wow, today.
1: Willy Wonka, Mad Hatter. I think there's some comparable, uh, you know.
0: Oh, see. Okay. All right. Again, I keep forgetting to make that co- to make that connection. That, again, when I hear that chocolate bar, I don't, I, I, again, like, I'm not I'm not drawing the connection between, but it is, it's a Willy Wonka total themed here.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, all the drinks are somehow or another related to Willy Wonka, and like, you know, there's the Grandpa Joe, there's the, you know, the Charlie Bucket, there's all these different things. Um, it is, dude, it's a cool experience, I've said it time and time again, dude, Canton you know, times can fall into a rut. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just do the same thing. You go to the same bars. It's the same stuff time after time after time. Uh, This is something unique. This is something different. This is something cool for the city. So uh, located right there on West Tusk next to TDs. I feel like a little bit of this is like once-in-a-lifetime experience that we do six <laughs> times a year, like, very I-heart. Well, of course, of course, you know, and as they continue to do these, it's just that, you know, nobody else is doing this stuff no, in this city. I,
0: I, I give Scott a lot of grief, but, dude, he and his wife take major swings, and more often than not, much like I give Mike from uh, from Busbin a lot of credit, that Scott and his wife do deserve some credit because they seem to be on the cusp of the next thing.
1: So instead of always just saying, dude, there's nothing to do in this town, everything sucks, I hate this place, it's so boring here, like, Go try something new, and that
0: chocolate bar is exactly that right there. Or just send your wafer girlfriend, and they'll tell you all about it. They'll tell you all about it. There's uh, there's another TV show coming back to... uh they say that's going to be uh, rebooted once again and come back to prime time, and I'm actually pretty excited about it this time. Now, okay. there was a little bit of me that was into the Will & Grace reboot, too, because I really liked Will & Grace back in the day. How's that going? I don't know. I, again, I cut the cord in the middle oh. of it, but I so I don't know, but I feel like I'm not hearing about it.
1: I thought that was a Netflix thing, no? It's a, it's no, no, no. That was back on network okay. TV. Okay.
0: And, um. I believe, I don't know if this is true or not, but to me it seems like the fanfare's kind of fizzled out, Yeah. so maybe not quite the impact or the splash that they were hoping. Well, I think a part of what Will
1: and Grace's appeal was back then is like, oh my god, it's gay. And nowadays, it's like, well, yeah, it's gay. There's you a gay character on every show like, I, well, I mean, it's, it's no big deal.
0: Yeah, and I mean, th- those guys were a little forward with the jokes, and Karen was like really insensitive back in the day, and I, I don't know, I only watched about two or three of them this next time around, so I don't know if they... Kept up with that. Maybe they didn't, and maybe that's what it was. I mean, those guys, I mean, do those jokes back in the day would be considered off color today? Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the mockery of homosexuals has definitely changed in the past 20 years. I mean, 15, 20 sure. years, there's no doubt. I
0: mean, so Murphy Brown with Candace Bergen is the show they're talking about rebooting, and okay. what a perfect time. For this show to come back, if you don't remember the premise, Murphy Brown was a female anchor on a news program, and she kind of was—you know—she was that character who was having to deal with mansplaining, and was having to deal with politics, and was having to deal with being a woman in the workplace, and having to deal with all this stuff. Which is ironic, because every time, every decade, they tell you how this is the show that's breaking the mold and the new thing, and finally women have their representation. Except for in the '60s, you had Carol Burnett, and in the '70s, you had Maude, and in the '80s, you had. Alice, and in the 90s, you had Murphy Brown. There's always been this show. Telling us that there's never been this show is a ridiculous premise, and it does kind of need to go away. But in the era of fake news, I think the idea of a snarky, funny woman... Being at the desk. And again, Jim was really great on that show. Miles was like the program director. Lots of jokes and middle management being weaklings that don't really have much to do. You can go back to that. Well, plenty. God knows I do it. So, I mean, right? So, I mean, there's plenty of well jokes in there that I feel like Murphy Brown. Now, again, I thought Will and Grace was going to do gangbusters. And I maybe it still is, but it didn't feel like it but i if you're gonna bring Roseanne back and again, we're looking for strong women to put on t v Candace Bergen was a very strong female the dude Murphy Brown was a very strong female driven television show that did very very well
1: i uh I was a little too young for Murphy Brown I remember it being a thing I remember like i know I know there was like a cameo from her in Seinfeld, but like it was just too like.
0: Over my head
1: at you know my You're age, too young. yeah. It was yeah. just it was just a little too much. So I don't have much like, oh, dude,
0: Murphy Brown. I, know, I, I loved it because again, I was interested in all things broadcasting from an early age, whether it be TV, radio. I knew I wanted to be something in the industry somewhere, and so anything that had to do with that, especially when I was still young enough to think that, that maybe what I was seeing on the TV was the way it really was, right was interesting to me. And I've never been one of these guys who has a problem with strong women and roles like that and being sassy and kind of telling a man to stay in their place. Now it's when they tell me they've never been able to do it. And I just listed you like what? Six examples of when they have been is that's when I start to get a little crazy about it. But overall, I welcome this. Now you can, I don't know. I mean, dude, like Candace Bergen herself is doing it. Like, dude, she was kind of, I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, just like I would be saying about a man. I mean, you, I mean, you might be a little old, right? Yeah, but she's still kind of foxy, isn't she? Really? I, 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 I let me, hold on. on. I, 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 I assume as they're giving her a TV
1: show. I gotta. There's no way she put on 70 pounds and is, is like, you know what I mean? Like, she's still got to be good looking.
0: She's probably not like like Kathleen Turner. Yeah, like, you I notice could, how you don't see her anywhere? Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right, she's dude. She's still smoking, I'm sure. Yeah, there's pictures. Of, oh, okay. It gets a little rough there. How uh, how old is she? I mean, is she, what is she? Uh, 60s? Let me probably?
1: see. Probably 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. She got to be considerably uh, older than you, right? May 9th,
0: 19. 19- 46, 71. Wow, dude, 71 I could still catch it, right? 70 in this photo right here, she could. Well, there you go, dude. But I don't have the money to be replacing <laughs> hips. So I mean, at the end of the day, dude, I'm going to ask, uh, dude Murphy, let's not so not so much with the gyrating, Murph. I need to not be able to have to drop you off at the urgent care. Let's get you guys hooked up with a thousand dollars right now.
3: Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword money to 200200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio Inc. 1069.
0: Welcome back to the San Show. Rock 1069 online for you, WRQK.com. We do have charge tickets for their game tomorrow night. We'll pass those out here momentarily. Also, should make you aware, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Officer Lamar Sharp, a couple of his buddies gonna be stopping by. They're doing an anti-bullying campaign. Nice. And uh, I figured we would have Lamar in one more time, talk to him about what's going on with that. Have him in ten more
1: times, dude. Lamar, come on up, baby.
0: So I try to be fair when I can, because a lot of people, life isn't fair. Now, I always tell people, well, fair doesn't normally enter into the adult world. okay? and but I feel like the millennials, even though there's a ton of annoying stuff about you turds that that's probably true of the people in your age group of every decade or whatever. And sometimes I feel like people jump up and down on you wrongfully.
1: Nope, Gen Xers, baby boomers, all perfect. None of them ever did anything nah, wrong. Nah, dude,
0: the Gen Xers tried to bring bell bottoms back. So, like, dude, plenty of messed up stuff going on with them. Right, and uh, I was in that group. I remember that time period. It was really weird. We were all playing hacky sacks in front of convenience. It was, dude, it was terrible. All right, and so like every generation, they've had their morons, right? And I was probably, you know, probably the the leader of it for my generation. And sometimes I feel like it's easy to say millennial. Older people are going to hate it and then want to read it. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, clickbait for sure.
0: I feel like the word millennial is often used in clickbait, and then you know people just want to get mad about you know Mm -hmm. young people, right? Mm -hmm. But here again, you're doing something, according to USA Today, if I'm, if I'm to believe this, that I feel like is really good, really smart, and showing that, honestly, that people are growing up and maturing faster maybe than ever before. Really? I'd love to know what it is. I got a little pat on my back here. Good job, millennial. It turns out, one in six millennials, this is going to really make you mad, one in six has $100,000 or more saved.
1: I don't buy that for a second.
0: Dude. Now, see, I thought the number seemed 000, high. 100000 They say double the amount of the young people who had that amount put away just, wow, in two years, I'm sorry, three years ago in what would have been 2015. They say here that the perception that millennials, Americans between the ages of 23 and 37, lack savvy when it comes to savings or for or retirement budgeting and setting up and sticking to a financial plan is showing signs of being outdated. Noting that the survey made available exclusively to USA today. They say, despite many of these young Americans coming of age a decade ago during the worst financial crisis since the great depression and being saddled with high student loan debt, Millennials appear to be getting their financial lives in order and taking money matters more seriously. Now, I have said multiple times throughout my broadcast career that one of the things that if I could go back, like LeBron was, you know, congratulating him, his younger self the other day, that if I could go back, it would be to stress. And my brother tried to warn me. Other people tried to warn me. Older guys in the radio business when I first got in tried to warn me. Put your money Away, It will be the only thing you care about the older you get is, do I have enough security? But 16% of millennials are saying that they have $100,000 or more in savings. It's up 8% from 2015 and nearly half, they're saying nearly half, 47% Fantone, of millennials say they have $15,000 put away. That's up 33% from 2015.
1: I I just have to call BS on these numbers, dude. I do. I I, I can't buy what they're telling me. I can't.
0: They say about two of three, sixty three percent of millennials surveyed say they are saving, which is in line with sixty four percent of Gen X, but shy of seventy five percent of who of uh, baby boomers who set money aside.
1: Well, of course, as you get older, you have a better like understanding of like, all right, well, I have a future beyond my working career. I'm going to have to retire sooner or later, and like that. Urgency is definitely moving, you know, it's as you're getting closer to the drain, of course you're like, dude, I gotta start saving more money.
0: They say here that having better, obviously, habits is translating to more sizable accounts and it would for sure. Sixty percent of millennials say they feel financially secure. Now that number I don't buy at all because every other study I read talks about how they feel so desperate in today's workplace that there's no advantages now
1: well and I, I, there's just there's a million red flags along this story dude I just I that, that 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 people are becoming more savvy with their money I can buy into that Millennials understand better than maybe generation X that you know the booming economy isn't a guarantee and you know there's a chance that something's gonna go wrong I can I can buy that I can't buy that y- you've got numbers like this that you're putting on
0: they're saying their financial habits have become more disciplined. They've built it into their lifestyle. Aside from saving for an emergency, which 64% of millennials have claimed was a top priority, that 49% said that saving for retirement was a top priority, and a third 33% said saving to buy a house was their top savings goal.
1: You're telling me at age 25, 26, 27 years old that you have enough savvy in your mind where it's like, I'm I, I I can't I'm planning for an emergency. No, you're not. You feel invincible in your 20s. You feel like, dude, there's never going to be an emergency for me. Like, I, I, I don't buy it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt about it, too, where I was like, really, are you that aware so, like I said, I mean, I
1: think you're aware enough to recognize that the financial landscape has changed. I think that millennials will have, ob- or will have, you know, maybe a little bit of an advantage there. But like, isn't the complaints always like, "Oh, look at you guys! You're just sitting around with your avocado toast, wasting money." You know what I mean? Like,
0: I often hear millennials bitch about the fact that there's no good jobs that pay this kind of money to where you could put this kind of money away. How do you
1: get up a hundred thousand dollars by the t- before you're thirty?
0: I mean, let's say you're saving ten thousand dollars a year. <laughs>
1: Who on earth is able to do that. That's hard. Because let's be real, you're right. And at most jobs, you start off, even if you've got a college degree, you're starting off for under $50,000. When are you
0: hitting your stride making your money? Right. Most of you probably haven't even gotten there yet.
1: So, so as you're sitting there making $50,000 out of college, and I feel like that's probably being a little bit liberal there. That's probably being a little bit generous. I, that's really generous. It's fair to say that you're going to spend at least half of that on housing, right? I mean, if not half close to it, in between a quarter and a half. And and then everything else that comes along with life, and you have student loans, and you have all that, dude. I, how how is it even possible that you could save?
0: Now that? Dan tweets in. I'm not going to give you his last name. He says I'm 32. My wife's 30, and I can say it's close. We're both we're over a hundred thousand. Now you add in two people, even still, dude. Even still, yeah, that's tough. If I, 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 what do you think the uh, What do you think, now this is purely guessing, we won't have a way of knowing this. What do you think the percentage of people who live in Canton and Maslin Alliance listening area that have $50,000 in their savings? In their
1: savings. I'm going to say relatively, I would say 30%, less than 30%. And that includes all ages? I'm going to say because there's plenty of older people who have money saved up from when they worked at Timken and times were yeah, good. Right. But I I as a whole and I mean like if you take out if you take out people over the age of 60, we've gone down considerably probably to under 10%. Yeah,
0: I dude without thinking about the older generations and really knowing the value and socking it away and all that, dude, I would have said 15% maybe. maybe.
1: That's that's a lot. And I I mean, I'm not trying to like, Dan, what do you make over there? But like, I'm sure he's making over six figures. There's no way you have that you're that you're making under six figures and then saving over six figures in 15 years. Just not possible. I I, I don't buy that.
0: Throw kids in it.
2: Right.
1: Right. Like my my adults,
0: my brother and his wife do very, very well, like really well. And my like really well. And my brother tells me all the time, Dan, we have one kid and I have zero clue on how we're doing it on the two and a half incomes, essentially, because my mom lives with them on how they're doing it. Like, so I don't know how, you, if you have kids, you're going to put this kind of money away. Um,
1: Chris from Twitter brings up a good point. Complete and utter BS, unless maybe you include their 401k. But even that, dude, even that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think most people.
0: Dude, our boy Dan coming back in over top saying yeah. we each have over $100,000. Oh, dude.
1: I mean, and like, here's the thing. I'm, Dan, I'm not hating wow. on you. I'm, bro. I'm, I'll pat you on the back and tell you good job. But most people
0: aren't in positions like that. I am so, when I hear this, if it's true. This is one of those things that makes me hate you for the wrong reasons, <laughs> millennial. I do. Like, there was something about it where I was like, I just want to smack your monocle off your face. So if, so if, so I if. I do.
1: If this report would have said millennials don't have any money, they're wasting all their money on, you know, smoking
0: weed and buying records. And I would have done it at toast. 730. You
1: would have been like, you sons of <laughs> bitches, you idiots. You're ruining the economy. And now it's like they've got too much money. Stan's very still hating,
0: Dude, this guy. Now, this kid, I believe because he listens to the show a lot. We're friends on Facebook, and I see his hobbies. Dale says, "I'm 26 years old. I have a net worth well over $100,000." Now he does. I, I would imagine, dude. He owns, I think, multiple homes. He's uh, constantly on four wheelers and he's constantly on snowmobiles. Like, dude, I don't ever see the kid work for some reason. For but but I know he does have a job. I believe he's in the farming business. But like, he's big into like expensive ass hobbies. And so like, he must have some kind of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, and 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 but you've got to have something giving you that money. Like, I'm sorry. Most people aren't in a position where they're going to make a six figure salary coming out of college. And most people aren't going to have a family that can give you those advantages. I'm not saying you guys didn't work for it. I'm not saying that you don't deserve it or, or, or anything like that. I just have a hard time believing you started from the bottom and now you're here.
0: Listen to this. Mike tweets in and says, I've been saving since I was sick. Now he doesn't tell me how old he is right now, but I've been saving since I was 16. I started investing when I was 18. Right. He says, today my financial set worth is in the millions. God dude, bless you. I, and I, 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 I buy
1: that. But here's the thing is we're getting these messages from people who are like, hey, it's good for me. It's good for me. It's good for me. I guarantee you for every one of those. Hey, it's good for me. I've got $100,000. There's 100,000 people in Canton that are like, dude, I ain't got nothing. I ain't, I ain't got
0: nothing. Aaron tweets in and says, it's a great day if I have $100 in my bank account. So I'd love to hear the secret behind this. And I would have to agree. I would like to hear the system as a guy. And again, I preach. I preach the teachings of this book every time finances get brought up on this, because as a guy who's not great with his finances, this book did help me, and it is continuing to help me get better at it, and it's Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. When I read that book, my eyes were opened and it was very simple stuff in there. Like a lot of those self-help gurus kind of feed you like those easy lines. Like the one that, that got me, that made me feel like an honest to God rube, like a moron fresh off the turnip truck was when in that book I read having a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And when I read that, I was like, you complete in rock 1069. Welcome back to the Ray Show on Rock 106.9, online for you WRQK.com. I, uh, now still a little bit of time to screw it up. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm going to go a little LeBron James here. Here we go. Right? Now, it's not 30,000 points. No. But I navigated a live microphone <laughs> with zero hours of sleep. In today's day and age of get you fired no matter what you say, I feel like your boy did very well today. So, I don't know. So, I haven't listened back to the show yet.
1: Are you going to put up a congratulations to the 5 a.m. version of you? <laughs> hey, 5 a.m. Stansberry. I am. Young king. <laughs> yeah.
0: First, wipe the nacho cheese sauce off the microphone. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was a little worried when I was driving in. I was like, man, dude, it's been. Now, I've done this before. Don't get me wrong, where I've, where I've screwed up my sleep schedule and I've commented on no sleep. And I've done it. So I've, it's happened. But there was a little bit where I was driving in where I was like, man, this is foolish. Like, right. this is, this is, uh, like, uh, for the lack of a better term, I mean, to reckless is a word you could use for this, given the environment and the anger that people have over, you know, misspeaking or saying the wrong thing or, oh my God, I don't think, you think that's funny and that, 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 it's a little crazy.
1: Now, uh, the, the challenge for you, I feel like at this point, though, is like, you didn't get any sleep last night None. because you slept, like, two-thirds of the day the day before. Yeah. And I took a nap yesterday. you nap. You, yes you got to get back on it. I know that's hard on a Thursday night, too. Like, but you don't want to go home right now, nap it out, and then replay this entire thing because you don't want to, you know. No,
0: you don't want that. No. So I, I don't want to just go home and jump into the bed. No. Because I feel like then I'm what I feel will happen then is I'll sleep from, like, noon to 10. Right. And then I'll be up all night again. Man. Weird lives
1: we live where it's like, no, dude, you can't go to bed yet. You have to wait.
0: If the truth, if I'm going to be honest about this, my sleep schedule has been screwed up since Vegas. Ah, like, yeah, it's yeah. because not only are you three hours back there, but it's also a twenty-four hour town. And I hadn't seen my family for like five years, so I was up at like three a.m. Vegas time, which is like six a.m. here. Sleeping different thing. Then you fly home. Now I, dude, I'm a grown up, so right. I should be able to get back onto the you know the Eastern you know time zone yeah. much easier than this. But it's been a little screwy. And there's been a little bit of like, well, dude, am I really out of vacation mode? Like, probably not if we're being honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably not if we're being totally honest. So, a month before, a
1: month after, just vacation mode.
0: Dude, like a woman's birthday. <laughs> like, I just need three months on the calendar. I, now, I don't want to get bogged down in this. Sorry. And so I saved it for, for, the final, uh, for the final break of the show. And I've said this to Fantone every single commercial break. There is a number that I read. That I cannot not think about, and I haven't been able to not think about the entire show. And that is, listen to the, this number blew me away. That here we sit on the 25th of January, that already this year, we have had 11 school shootings in the year 2018. Now, that story came out yesterday, wouldn't have even been the 25th. Now, let's throw Saturdays and Sundays into that as well. Right. And Fantone said to me earlier, which was a great observation, Martin Luther King Day as well. Right. So, how many school days we talking about here? Like, under
1: 20 for sure. Under 20. So, we're in the teens, and we've already had 11 school shootings.
0: 11 school shootings in under a month?
1: I, I said this to you yesterday, it like... It doesn't even, like, blip the radar anymore. Like, it's just.
0: There was two in in a state this week, and it barely cro- cracked the top five stories on the
1: news. Yeah, I mean, it's just not what it once was. And I guess that's a sad, you know, I, I don't know where the sadness in that lies, whether it's society, whether it's, the you know, sign of the times or whatever it is. But, man, that's terrible. Like, that is. like I, I, I haven't been able to shake the number all day. And I, I hope I hope people hear that number, and I hope it gives them some perspective on like, dude, we have to do something here. And I'm not saying what well, we're take all the guns away. That's no. what we're gonna do. It's not no. it's not it's not even close to what I'm saying right now. But like, we have to do something. We just can't allow this to continue to be the way that things are.
0: Eleven in the month of January, not even over yet. And like I said, when you throw Saturdays and Sundays into this, and already yes, a a holiday where schools were off. That number is crazy, 11 so far this year. Again, I don't think the answer is right. I don't know what the answer is. All I know is that that number needs to come severely down. Otherwise, we're never going to get back to where when we hear about this, we're alarmed or shocked. When you hear about guns going off in a school, that should be the most shocking thing you hear all year. Not one of those, well, yeah, the news will be back with it after the 45 break. Like When I read that number today, I just have not been able to get it off the back of my mind. And I will admit to you that there was a little bit of me that didn't get much into this that much earlier because of the lack of sleep, and I didn't want to be in a situation where I had said the wrong thing about something so serious. But I have not been able to get that number out of my head. And I mean, it's fair to
1: say that I I don't have the answer. You don't have the answer. It's not one of those things that like, man, boy, masturbator at Walmart, we can tell you about that, dude. I mean, it's a nuanced conversation, and like, I don't know if, and and I don't mean to make the pun, but We've talked about things before where it's like there's no one silver bullet to this. Right.
0: And I mean, like, well, at this point... We're going to have to try some stuff. We are. We are going to have to try some things. We are going to get you hooked up with these Canton Charge tickets right now. We'll take caller 15 one 243 7625 on those. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great afternoon. See ya.
3: The Stansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.
0: Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for Dunkin' Donuts. You know with me doing mornings here at Rock 106.9, coffee is massively important in my life. So I'll stop by the Dunkin' Donuts location here